I am unashamed. What about you? So, tis the holiday season. Uh, we know you're always looking for some kind of unique gift to, to give to somebody. Unashamed Nation, you guys have been such great supporters of the podcast. And I do want to remind you uh, that you can get Unashamed gear and uh, and Phil merch if you go to philmerch.com and use the promo code Phil20. And there you'll find uncanceled stuff. You'll find Love Always Protects, which is one of our favorite T-shirts. has a good a picture of a, of a gun on there as well as the Bible verse because we protect our folks. Uh, also, Unashamed Nation stuff is there as well. So check it out. If you're looking for a great gift to give uh, someone you love, uh, get some Unashamed gear at philmerch.com. Use the promo code Phil 20 So welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, I'm obviously at the Southern Lair uh, coming to you today. So, Dad, I've been in one of your favorite places this last week. Um, we were off a, a little bit from filming the podcast, so I went to Grand Cayman um, down in the Caribbean. I know how much you love the. Yeah, I miss that so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I didn't even know. I didn't think you would ever have heard of the Grand Cayman. I've heard of somebody got killed in them or something. But uh, <laughs> any ducks down in the Grand Cayman? I didn't see any ducks there. <laughs> I saw a lot of Europeans. What makes it what makes it grand after you went to it? What's the grand well, grandiose? So so I always like to learn a little bit of history about any place that I go. So Columbus found this in 1503. He found this island. He's over here looking around, looking for stuff. Yep. So it wound up under Spanish rule. And so they got into some hot water with the Brits. Uh, in the 1900s, and so this thing, or the 1600s, and this thing wound up going under British control, but it's still a British Commonwealth. Hmm. Of course, I always like to find out, make sure they like Americans. But, but yeah, how do you know? A, how do you what's know? It, what's Columbus? it famous for other than Columbus finding it? Yeah, but how do you know Columbus found it? Well, because that's what history is. He, he, he staked his first claim. You're right. Somebody so else could have found it. We have first. some documents. And then you add yep. a little faith in the documents, and then that becomes That's a right. fact. Sounds like something else I know. Yeah. So so here's what's interesting about Cayman. It's a beautiful place. It's in the Caribbean. Obviously, it's a tourist place. But they're, one of their big things they're known for, Dad, you'll love this, is they've got these banks. They're kind of the Switzerland of the eastern, I mean, the western hemisphere. So people they have just, money. They just in these, happen to be in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So there's been <laughs> there's been a lot of so chicanery. Is it, a, is it a big island? It's it's pretty big. I, we drove from one end to the other. It took about an hour, so that it's not that big. How was the grub? I'm, the grub was fantastic. I mean, it was some of the best I've had. Mostly seafood, fish, things that you know they catch right out there. It's yeah. these people know what they're doing. Some really good food. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of with time. Phil. I'm trying to figure out where the Grand part came in, like the Grand Canyon. Okay, we got a big. There's a chasm that's one of the bigger ones on the Earth. It's just so like I have an little... answer for you. All right, go for it. I have an answer for you. So there, there are three islands in the Caymans system. One is the big one, the Grand. Then they have Little Cayman, and then they've got Cayman, I think it's Bank or something like that. I don't know, but there's a third one. So it's the biggest of the oh, three. So that's why it's called three. three. Okay, well, that was, right. that's good yeah. marketing. There you go. So, so I, I probably just sold some uh, trips to Grand Cayman, so but dis- not for that. It's so disturbing to me because the last place I would ever go during duck season would be somewhere 
where there are no ducks. I'm just shocked that, that my son, one of my sons, and your brother <laughs> yeah. would say, I tell you what, let's go to the Grand Caymans. <laughs> this is I just don't mind. Well, you got to remember, you can't. Whose idea was that, Al? <laughs> oh, it was Lisa's, but I was on board. I okay. have no issue with going to warm places when it gets cold. Hey, I, hey, I have no problem. Whatever, whatever fires you up. There's, there's so, numerous, <laughs> numerous uh, possibilities on where this all went off the rails. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm the trendsetter. So, Dad, look, give us your so everybody's going to know your health update because we hadn't talked to you in a while. You've, you've had about almost three weeks since you hurt your back, but you have good news. Uh, you figured out what's going on. So tell tell the audience what's going on. I don't with know the if old... It's good news. <laughs> well, the good news is uh, and I'm glad he will be performing the the uh, procedure to get this back of mine back under control. Well, the good uh, news is Phil broke his back. So that's why I said, I don't know if it's And the good, good news is the guy who's going to fix my back is, is a former football player with the Georgia Bulldogs. So he's uh, he's he's all happy now. Yeah, I want him a happy surgeon. You see what I'm saying? So they, so Georgia beat LSU in the championship, SEC championship. Yeah. So you're thinking that was a good thing for your uh, back? It's a very good thing because he'll be in a good mood. And oh, I get it. Won't I, be mad because you know make the wrong. But basically, it's it's this procedure. I heard about it seven or eight years ago. Somebody said they can take a vertebrae, uh, put a needle in it, insert a little balloon. Fill the balloon with up with what I I don't know what. Basically like cement for your back. And then you put cement, you know, put cement to hold hold this thing together. And he said it's remarkable. I tell you, I I, I we, we we tend probably to overlook uh the guys and gals who their one job is to keep human beings pain free, disease free, illness free. Bad back. No, back. I agree. Like I, me, I, 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 I did mine. I mean, I'm, I'm the one under the boat, and I didn't have to try, try that. That was way too much. I just stupid. Well, but, no, I, I would say it wasn't. I'm glad to all, and for the medical people, uh, I, I, there's a lot of paperwork to it. Finally, do the, do the thing. But the bottom line <laughs> no, is, no, I learned two things over this process. Because you got to remember, you know, Phil, a lot of paperwork. Phil does something he shouldn't have done at, at his age, and yep. his back too fra much. fractures. They uh, com fracture. Uh, what do they call it? Compress compression fracture. Yeah, compression yep. fracture. Yep. And they were they were like it's basically like his back turned into an accordion, and it it went in a way that was a sour note. And uh, but it could have been worse. They said, you know, you, you could have been paralyzed. But here's the interesting: the two things I learned in this process is Phil has a very high tolerance for pain. Yep, we've and talked we, about we, that. And look, there are numerous stories we could go back from the time that when he, you know, we're driving, he's driving down the road, and he's like, "I got to get this out of my eye." We we were going duck hunting, so we pull in to a an eye doctor place that I think was closed. And somehow the the guy happened to know, you know, who we were or whatever, and feels like, yeah, let me get this out of my eye. And this guy started, because he was going to deaden it and all that, and feel like, no, no, just jerk that thing out. And he started pulling this rod. I don't know. How, I don't want to say how long it was. Stick. But it looked like that anybody who had a something inserted in their eye that deep would be dead. 
And the fact that it kept coming out and Phil was not rinsing in pain, I thought, man, this guy's got a high tolerance for pain. So there's been other stories, but Phil basically tried to function during duck, duck season with this condition. Which it wasn't going very well. I mean, one day you, you you went to the duck blind and slept the whole time. A couple of times, I don't think you remember even being there. But, uh, you know, you just, I was like, why is he, why is he doing There's got to be something worse than a pulled muscle. So that leads me to the second point, which is Phil's one of the most stubborn people I've ever been around. Because everybody was saying, what are you doing, Phil, coming out here? You need to go get this looked at. So it took how long to go get it looked at? Two and a half weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. A couple of weeks. Bit of heal. I mean, once Phil started also throwing up while this was going on, I wasn't sure if it was from the pain or I was like, Phil. You got to go get something done here. <laughs> we can't continue going down this road. Well, I found the right man. He played football with a, I think he played when Herschel Walker played. But uh, I found out he's a good, good, solid Republican. And uh, he said, how about how long it would take? He said, I'm going to get you out of your misery. I wanted to say again for all the guys and gals who work in the medical profession, when you need them, when you need them, you do need them. They can they can alleviate no, a lot I agree, of pain. I agree. Well, Dad, you Dad, you sounded like you know when Ronald Reagan got shot, they took him in and he they were about to prep him to get that bullet out of his lung, and he looked up that doctor. He said, "Boy, I hope you're a Republican." <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I said that like was some you. funny stories. You know, Phil was in so much pain that you know he had we got a a nurse that hunts with us. We actually got a couple of them. And uh, so they, he was just in so much pain and he was so stubborn that he, he was going to go hunting. So they gave him something for the pain. And so, well, Phil, I got in his, cause he just got in the driver's seat of the little wheeler, you know? And so we, I mean, we're not driving far and we're not on a main road. We're on a dirt road, but I was like, it was, it was weavy. You know, we were weaving a bit. And so I had decided, <laughs> I had decided on the way back, I was like, I'm not doing that again. So I, I told Phil, I said, like, where's the keys? I'm driving. And Phil's like, well, all right. All right. You know I mean, why, why? And I said, well, on the way here, you know, you were kind of weaving off the, off the road. And he said, did I drive? <laughs> I said, give me those keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the pain is gone, all... the old song says. So yeah. they had assured me that they can fix this. And they said it, it'd be, it almost is 15 minutes. It's a pretty good process yeah. to finally get you on the bed and, and, and do the deal, you know. You're yeah. not actually put to sleep. You're just kind of like a, you're asleep and awake at the same time. That's why you're happy, because you don't like being put to sleep. No, I don't. I think you're well, the, the first human ever, male, that did that had a urinalysis done while awake. You remember that? Story? Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's not go into the gory details. Yeah, yeah. yeah we won't but, go into uh, the details. That but was, that, was I just, that. that doctor said that. He said, I've never watched the, because they have a little camera on this, as Phil infa, infam, infamously said, we're going to go up in there and see what the problem is. I like the guy because... He looked up there and he said, when God made this particular part of the the backbone, he was he was referencing when God did this, 
you know, what a good thing yeah. it was, you know, you're back. But, but, but he alluded to God. I said, I'm with the right bunch here. Yeah. You know, it made me feel better. <laughs> well, so dad, my hat's off to you. You're uh, you're now, you know, a, a course of action. We're, we've been praying for it. So, and thanks to unashamed nation because a lot of you've been praying about it because you sent me emails because you've heard us talking about the podcast. So, we're glad that uh, Dad is hopefully on the road to recovery yep. uh, after his procedure this week. So we're excited today because our, one of our old friends uh, is, is about to join us on the podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about the ascension today. So when we get on the other side, our good friend Larry Bowles is going to join us. So let's take a break. You know, this year, Christmas Day is on a Sunday, and uh, which is a double blessing for me because, you know, I like to preach and I love to share Jesus. But I love talking about Jesus as a baby and what that meant uh, for all of humanity. And it really, to me, brings the focus of the life movement, and the pro-life movement into what it really is. And that is to give someone an opportunity to impact. That's what Mary did when she had Jesus. Uh, one of our sponsors is a group called 40 Days for Life. And that's their mission. That's their mandate. Uh, they're trying to pray and lead especially young women, but also young men to better decisions concerning life. Uh, and we share that partnership with them. Uh, they, they have over a million volunteers in a thousand cities worldwide. They have prayer vigils outside of abortion facilities. And they're seeing the numbers that show that people make better decisions when you pray on their behalf. And they also let us know what's going on inside the pro-life movement, especially in this post-Roe world. So check out their locations, their podcast. They have a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. Uh, they're going to give you updates, tell you what's going on in the pro-life movement. That's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out. So welcome back. Got our old friend LB, Larry Bowles, hey, in from Oklahoma. You? Hey, Larry. Welcome to Unashamed. Good. Good to you're be back. Our, you're our one and, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you're our truly our one and only um, Unashamed contributor uh, uh, because you kind of do some regular appearances. But we always yeah. appreciate you coming to town, right. which is a great blessing. Hope to be able to contribute something to this. So we started a, a series at WFR. And it really was kind of born out of the a sermon series. It was kind of born out of the idea that Christmas Day this year is on a Sunday. And so Mike and I knew that we wanted to talk about, you know, the birth of Jesus since it was Christmas Day. And so we thought, well, how do we get to that point? And so we, we came up with this concept that we call the inverted gospel, where we basically started at the other end of the story. You know, the second coming, and we're sort of working our way back. And so I kicked it off with that. And we talked about it on the podcast a few mm -hmm. podcasts back with the idea that if a story is compelling enough, you can come into the story at any point and you're hooked. Right. You know, and I, and I feel that way about Jesus' story, obviously. So you could you could start at the end and go backwards. You could start at the beginning and go forward. You could come right in the square middle where he's coming out of the ground and you've got a story. You know, right. that, that people want to listen to. And so that was kind of the concept. And it got us to uh, the ascension, which is uh, sort of, you know, in that middle part of the story, we talked about the Holy Spirit as well. And so we asked Larry to come over and share that with us. And so it was really interesting. So he preached that yesterday. And uh, today uh, on the podcast, we want to kind of talk through that. Jason, I, I don't know if dad, were, I don't know if dad heard the sermon or not, but Jason, and I both heard it and it oh, was really, it. really good. Yeah. Yeah, so this will be new for that, which okay. is really good. Okay. 
So uh, yeah, but so Larry, how many how many sermons have you ever heard on the, uh, the Ascension of Jesus? I could never Jesus? recall hearing one. You know, <laughs> and everybody asks, "Have you ever heard uh, you know a sermon specifically on the subject of the Ascension?" And they're like, "No," you know, and 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 we we get kind of you know it only appears two places in Scripture, and Luke gives us both of them. Uh, it's right. it was added uh, to that that ending in Mark, you know, that we yeah. read, but really... Uh, well, you read Luke 24 and right, Acts 1. Right, and he ends his, the first volume, you know, to Theophilus, the, the gospel of Luke, with with that narrative, uh, mm-hmm. the last three verses of, of Luke 24, and then he begins the Acts of the Apostles, his second volume, uh, and I love the way that begins because it says, you know, Theophilus, I, I want to, uh, you remember everything that Jesus began to do and teach, yeah. you know, in his ministry. And this is the continuation. He's not through teaching, you know. Uh, Just a thought, Larry. Yeah. Uh, when Titus, Paul wrote to Titus, he said, um, uh, let's see, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect, the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life just prior to the ascension, which God, who does not lie, this has always uh, uh, made me uh, thankful. God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Yeah. And it's almost like when you get to the ascension part, he said, this, this has all been announced. Oh, forever. Before it happened. Yeah, and we talked about that in the you Psalms. Talk about all amazing. These, all these ascension prophecies that we see in Psalm 24 and yeah. 47 and 60. Amazing. And 110, yeah. Well, but Larry, I, you go ahead. Yeah. Well, go ahead, I was Jeff. just going to read, read, you know, what he read. When he said that in Acts 1, he said, uh, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven yep. after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom. And then we have this famous discussion about you'll receive power, you know, don't leave Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit's going to pour out. They were thinking it was... They're still waiting on this physical kingdom. When are we right. going to take right. over the world here? And, I mean, he's fixed to take over the world. So in verse 9, it says, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their, their sight. So I guess this is where we name this the ascension. But uh, we were talking about before we started this, he didn't really have to do that because it was bigger. It was more about his position and his role of conquering death. Mm-hmm. Uh, making, you know, basically the substitution for all our sins on the cross. Right. I mean, he in essence has has been ascended to the throne here. Right. And then there's a promise, I guess, you know, because they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white, and and they said, uh, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky?" Because I, you know, in their minds, and I think rightly so. They think, well, it's over. Right. You know, he's leaving. He's this gone. is a negative thing. They're lo- like, well, now what? So 
he says this this same Jesus, which I think is a, a very key phrase. Very the word same is very important. Yeah, this is this is Jesus. This is a a human, this is God becoming human, now glorified, going into an exalted realm where none of his enemies can ever dare to take him down off this throne. This this is the definition of of a eternal king. Mm-hmm. You're leaving time and space. I mean, you don't have to fly. You're no longer bound by it. Yeah, you're just not bound by it. So I think don't be don't don't miss the more powerful point, which is his exaltation by saying, Well, you know, was he how was he flying? And that that you're thinking too small. We keep looking with gigantic radar sending sending apparatuses into the cosmos. Yeah. And we're looking Maybe we'll come up on the edge of it, but every time they look, they're just more there. Well, right. And it takes and, well the world light years look, to get. Yeah. I mean, worldly entities ever so often come out with a declaration that they're like, "We've looked out there, and there's no God. We yep. can't find him." Yeah. Well, you're not going far enough, yeah. or deep enough. That's my or high enough, That's or wide point. enough, or low enough. It's not that you're going that way. It it's it's a different. Uh, dimension of where God is, you know, he's taken up into heaven. Don't you think that's why he did the whole flying trick anyways? Because the idea was you're not getting there unless he comes back. That is correct. And and takes you with him. That's what I think. Which is the last part of that verse. He says, look, he's going to come back the same way. And I think that's why he did it going with the inverted gospel theme, that it was simply saying he's coming back. He will, he will be back. Right. So, Larry, you you gave an illustration Mm -hmm. because Jace just made the point he didn't have to do that about the difference in ascending to a throne because you're supposed to be there and you didn't tell that that one you did about the ascending the steps. I used the you know, I came down off the off the platform and I descended the stairs (laughs) and I changed my location from up here to down there. And then I used the illustration that if you go to Westminster Abbey, there is actually a throne there, you know, where they coronate the the new king. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, if I go there, I would actually ascend a flight of stairs and I could go sit in that chair. I'd get tackled by security. But I mean, that's just part of the gig. I don't think we could even get through the door. No, I don't think but so. You could probably make it. You think I, the I, I would stand a better chance than oh, you is what you yeah. told me? No, I would be escorted <laughs> immediately. Jace is not getting I'm, in the room. I'm less conspicuous than Jace. Yeah, uh, that's something to be said for that. But, but it's anyways. a good point, but it wouldn't mean anything that you were sitting exactly. there. Exactly. What I'm saying is that it would not, the, the word ascension that I think that we, that we miss, and I, I think that's what the exactly what the disciples miss, they're thinking, well, he's gone. He was here and now he's there. And it, the ascension, the enthronement of God um, in the flesh, it, it, what it does is, is release him, like you said, from being bound to this one time or this one location. Now he is, his presence is not removed it is actually intensified because yeah. now he can be everywhere at once. He is in heaven at the right hand of the of majesty, but he is also here. Exactly. And he says that I'm coming to you in a little while. You won't see me, but 
then in a little while you will, and I'm going to show myself to you, yeah. and my life is going to become your life. You made a good point hey, about hey, marriage. Hang on, Jazz. Right. Hang on. Let's let's take a break. So we're always looking for that gift in the holiday season. And uh, I'm telling you a really good one that uh, the, your loved one is going to appreciate, and that's Tommy John underwear or loungewear. Uh, they're fantastic. They're cozy. Uh, I love them. I've been wearing Tommy John's uh, way before they became a sponsor on the podcast because I love their product. It's so much more comfortable than anything I've ever had. Um, so I want you to check these guys out. They have loungewear. They have pajamas. They've sold over 18 million pairs. So obviously people love it. Uh, 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. So this is the time to do it. Uh, they don't have, they say they don't have customers. They have fanatics. And I can, um, I can attest to that because I'm a fanatic myself. So celebrate softness season with the gift of new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. They've got a best pair you'll ever wear. It's free guarantee. So you can't beat that. Shop Tommy John's wrap it up sale and get 30% off everything at tommyjohn.com slash fill. So order now so your gifts will arrive before the holidays. That's 30% off tommyjohn.com slash fill. Tommyjohn.com slash fill. See their site for details. You made a good point about Mary, that interaction, which I had never really thought about before. When she grabbed a hold of him, most people, I guess, when they read that, and I'm not sure where exactly that is. We can find it here in a second. Uh, John 20. Yeah, John 20. Because mm -hmm. we, we usually, when we read that, she grabbed a hold of him, and he's like, hey. Don't, my, don't my, hold on to me. Yeah, don't he hold on says, to him. My, my yeah. time has not come. But, it, what you know, I think in our minds, he, he we says, were like, I have well, not yet ascended to my father. Yeah. And so we think, oh, well, was she going to melt or was there some kind yeah. of radiating? I mean, some kind of she just weird gonna, taboo thing? Or? Yeah, I've got some power that you can't harness. And they, they kind of go into that with the transfiguration when Peter was like, maybe we should build some shelters. Yeah. Because his mind was like, there's some kind of power emanating here. But I think you made a good point because he was saying what you just said. Yeah. That, you know, we get a backwards view of that thinking she didn't want him to go because think of a person of faith who realizes who he is. Right. They're like, well, we don't, I'm never letting you go again. I don't want to go through you. You know, being dead. I don't want to be away from you. I lost you, and now I found you. I'm never letting go of you. Exactly. You have to remember. I, I think yeah. that is the point, don't you? Yeah, I mean, but what he's saying is that if you, you – he's saying don't hold on to me. You have to let me ascend because now I'm going to become closer to you than I've ever been before. Yeah. And I made the point. I said that if you let me go, that they'll never be able to take me away from you again. Yeah. When I overcome death, when I hold the keys. What's well, one death key and Hades. point here while you're there? Yeah. When Jesus rose early, this is Mark 16. Uh -huh. uh, when when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Right. She went and told those who had been with him, and who were mourning and weeping, when they heard that Jesus was alive. This is prior to the ascension and that she had seen him. They did not believe it. Right. So this ties into his departure 
it, it ties into the fact that now they're seeing him right. just ascend into the heavens. Right. That's a big event. It is. And and, and they, like in, in Acts because 1, still they, they miss the significance of it. But here's the thing that is important about what, what you, this 40-day period. You read the end of Luke 24, and it all, it, the way it reads, you get to 50 to 53, and it looks like it's happened all in one moment. That's correct. And we don't know that there's a 40-day period until Luke tells us that in the beginning of, of the book of Acts. It's like, okay, there's, this went on for 40 days. And what Jesus is doing is making these appearances many convincing proofs. And then we see Paul talk about that in 1 Corinthians 15. They're still having problems with their faith. Right. And and here's Thomas, you know, and it's like touch me, feel me, getting back to That's the, in the Luke idea. In the Luke twenty four. And I think we should just run through this real quick okay. so we get the basis. Okay. So so while they're talking about this in verse thirty six of Luke twenty four, uh and this is Jesus being revealed you remember the road to Emmaus yeah. and, and they were like, Well, no. we had hoped, you know, that Jesus was this Messiah and and of course, it, Jesus had disguised himself, which is another uh, being above time, space, and and being attached to the laws of nature. And so then he reveals himself at the table when they have a meal and their hearts are burning and they're filled with joy and they recognized him. Right. And so he, while they're still talking about this in a room, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. So he's going through walls. You know, other versions mm -hmm. have that. So he, he has literally become the the greatest human ever right. conceived. We don't have enough words in the dictionary no. to he's, describe He's basically this. a, he's a shapeshifter. I mean, yeah, that's we, what we we've would say. gone beyond here. He's become the most powerful person ever. All right. So he says, peace be with. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. So they're having trouble with the, the human appearing and, and disappearing. And they said, well, it must be a ghost. And he said, why well, are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. Mm hmm so this goes back to the point we made about Mary. It was okay to touch him, but right. he was saying, I have to go. There's a bigger right. reason for for me ascending that he's trying to get them and I, to, to at least have an open yeah. mind about. Well, this is my point. The physicality of Jesus' human body over these 40 days, uh, these convincing proofs, touch me, feel me, give me a piece of fish, I'll eat it. Well, that's I'm the next two ghost. verses. Yeah, he says, do you have anything to eat? Right. And, and he ate some fish. And so this is what escapes people, I think, is is the, <laughs> the fact that Jesus, that, that like I said yesterday, there's, there is there is a human being, a glorified human being now living outside of time and space. So Which he left incredible. his heavenly throne, the word became flesh, and then he ascended in the flesh. And, uh, he did that to bring God to humanity. They're doing his work, his right? people. And then he ascends in his humanity to bring humanity to the throne of God. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So yeah. in one breath, you could say, well, he's untouchable to anyone like his enemies because he's above time right. and space. Right. But he's 
become available to everyone. Exactly. And without limit. And without his presence, there is no uh, constant mediating going on. Right. Which is is that. Hang on, let's take a break. So I always got to be thinking about, you know, taking care of our families and uh, and insurance. We talk about spiritual insurance, which, of course, is believing in Jesus. But there's also life insurance that we have to look at. There's mortgage payments, there's child care, there's expenses. And you want to be able to provide for your family, even if you've gone on for that ultimate reward. And there's a, one of our sponsors is a group called Policy Genius. It gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage uh, for you and your family. So if you have life insurance, share your story. Why did you get it? How does it feel to be covered? If you didn't use Policy Genius to get life insurance, do you wish you did? So Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easier to compare life insurance quotes from many top companies like AIG and Prudential uh, with just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. So I want you to check these guys out. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com slash fill, or you can click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash fill policygenius.com slash field to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Which, which is why he said, told the disciples, and you mentioned this, Larry, in John either 14 or 16, it's better for you. Yeah. If it's I to go. your benefit that I go. It's to your well, benefit. That's, that's exactly right. Now, I did. Yeah. I did. I wish we could do a sermon, too. Uh, Larry, you could have a part two to that. Because <laughs> I, I, the one thing that, that you didn't really get in the details about, there's two simultaneous things that happen within those. You had the 40 days and then the response after that. Jesus ascends to the throne. He becomes the eternal prophet, priest, and king, I right. guess. Right. And, and is this is, is, is yeah. willing to mediate for all human beings and to show us that this is our path. Right. As a human, if you want to live forever, that that has been trailblazed. He is the first fruits from the spirit. He has ascended on the throne and you can live outside of time and space. Well, that's invaluable to me. I mean, because I have a problem. Yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. You have a problem. We're going <laughs> to this. This is the path we're on. Right. This is where you should get up on the edge of your seat. When hearing the simplicity of who Jesus is, but then also considering the complexity and that we're going where there is no end. And we have a an example of how that's happened. You know, it's Jesus. But also the Holy Spirit is poured out. So and those two things, you know, you brought up Stephen, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great example, because here Stephen goes out. And and there's a phrase you read uh, in his sermon, Acts 7 at the end, because uh-huh. Jesus is ascended, but he but he's still working and he's working through us. Right. The Holy Spirit gets right. poured out, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. So now you have this vision of Stephen and I'll read that before we finish the Luke 24. Okay. And you read this because I, I love this point. So, you know, Stephen gives a. 
I mean, uh, what can we call it? A hellfire and brimstone. Oh, uh, I said it was uh, a but, sermon but it was that point- set Jerusalem on fire. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like wow. But it was, but it was focused yeah. on Jesus, and it was, you know, there was grace made available. But they were just offended by, you know, his references. And so, in fifty four, when they heard this, they were furious. Mm-hmm. And you can read the whole sermon, you know, which is is a long sermon in chapter yeah. seven, six and seven, yeah, yeah. It's but amazing. Stephen, now here's here's I just watch this phrase, full of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has been poured out and made available to all people on the planet. Yeah. And Jesus is at the right hand because the next phrase says he looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And you made the point about other places it's Everywhere else in Scripture, he is seated, and yeah. meaning that it is finished, that, that tetelestai, you know, phrase that he uses on the cross, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, the, the sin is, is, is taken care of, death is defeated, I've overcome, all things are finished, and we think, well, now, okay, back to this change in location, my sins are paid for, and now Jesus is gone somewhere up there, and that is not at all what Scripture says. He says, no, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, mm-hmm. and even in a more intense way. I am going to come to you. I'm going to show myself to you. My life is going to become your life because I live, you're going to live. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's a, we, we miss the point that he is, you know, we talked about his role as prophet, priest, and king. He is the teacher. You know, in John 6, he says that, and he says, this is what the prophecy says, the prophets say, they will all be taught by God. He is still teaching. He is still advocating for us before the throne. He is ruling sovereignly over the entirety. There's nothing outside of his realm. It nails down our hope. Absolutely. Well, and and our purpose. Yeah. Yeah, because he he poured out the Holy Spirit. That's why I said it's an important thing. You know, the Spirit, the same Spirit, Romans eight eleven, that raised Jesus from the dead, is living in us. Yeah, the fruits of that Spirit is is evident, and then you have Jesus at the right hand of God, proving right. that this all ends well for us. He's our advocate there, and now why we're on the earth now? Right, because and- we're doing the same thing that Jesus did while he was here, and the okay. fact that he is. Standing in that moment means that, that powerful, his work yeah. as prophet, priest, and king is not finished. He is still speaking. He is still seeking. He's still saving. No, He's still exactly. advocating. Yeah. No, I, I love the, the, I, I love I love the, the statement. Yeah, I the love statement that you made. And the statement that Larry made in the sermon, he's standing for you. Will you stand for him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. powerful. I mean, yeah. that's that that really puts the challenge. Well, well back you get on us. the idea though, is like Jesus is sitting, you know, you, you read the Hebrews one one through three, where it's like God is speaking now through his son, you know, and he sat down at the right hand of majesty of heaven. But you you get the I get the visual image here of him looking down and seeing us have a sermon like this. And then standing up, saying, "Okay, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's just something moving, moving about that." But it was a, it was a yeah, great. I, I mean, it analogy. goes back to in what Luke says in in Acts one. Uh, they asked Jesus, "I was like, will you now restore the kingdom of God to Israel?" And they're thinking, "Well, this is going to be Jewish. It's going to be political." 
He was mm-hmm. like, no, my kingdom That's is bigger why he than just what kind you're of, thinking. Kind of just moved out yeah. away. So, nah, you don't yeah. need to know that. And it's not about you to speculate on when I'm coming back, because that, and I said that in the sermon, he, he, he came to this earth on a set and appointed day, and he was crucified on a set and appointed day. He ascended, and he's returning by the Father's authority, and he says, you guys don't worry about that. Uh, and he is, he, they're saying, are you going to Jesus? And he's like, no, no, no. Are you, you're yeah. my witnesses yeah. to, you know, Jerusalem and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm with you always. Will you go do this? And Jesus, I can see him as he is, he lifts his hands and he's blessing them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you think about priestly blessings, you think, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. This is Jesus going, I bless you and keep you. What, what is coming out of his mouth? I, I, I so desperately want to know what that blessing is. And then he is taken up into their, into, you know, out of their sight in this cloud of glory. Uh, it's just amazing to think what, what is happening. Another thought that I had is that there's 10 days between the ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. What went on in heaven Woo. for 10 days? Man, when I'm talking about question. the coronation or the enthronement, and he is given a name that is above every name, Jesus has a name that is given by God post ascension and we we run past the scripture and then we, we'll come to revelation 19 and we'll see it again that he has a name written on him that nobody knows except himself it says that in revelation 19 uh in 11 and 12 it's yeah. crazy and when you start that's what, like you know you said hey larry you're gonna preach on the ascension i'm like Okay, here we go. And so I, I learned so much in this. I'm very thankful for that. But, but isn't that you start amazing? connecting all of these scriptures together and you're going, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. There's no, no other name higher than the ascended yeah. name of Jesus. Well, I think even when you start going back and realizing he was planting these seeds in their minds, although they still didn't get it, but we have... We have problems wrapping our head around what he was trying to say. That's why they're looking in the sky saying, well, where's he going? And they're asking about the kingdom. Are you now going to restore the kingdom? Right. They and were just like, no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and it's, By the way, you have answered my original question 30 minutes ago when he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Right. Go make disciples. Right. And do just you, do your work. Just go. Do your job. Yeah, and you're not going to be doing the talking. I am. That's right. Yeah. Well, you remember in John, I wanted to bring up John 14. You didn't bring that up in the sermon, but just you remember, you know, because there's so many sermons about this, you know, and especially at funerals and, you know, the where Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Yeah. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Mm-hmm. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And, you know, we, and people, people talk about that. And so you remember... Thomas, who the very one who later on is going to say, I just, I just don't believe it. Yeah. Unless I see. I always well, say Thomas was from Missouri. He's from the show me state. You yeah, got to show exactly. me. Yeah. yeah. But, but if you go back and look at this conversation, you know, Thomas in verse five said, well, Lord, we don't know where you are going. Yeah. So how can we know the way? And, and this 
that made me think of when you said there's a name that Jesus has that nobody knows. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around right. how this was going to go down. And Jesus answered famously, I am the way, I am the truth, mm-hmm. I am the light. No one comes to the Father, you know, except through me. If you really knew me, you know my Father. So Philip says, well, Lord, show us the Father, mm. and that'll be enough for us. Yeah. Then, so, then we'll be good. Yeah, so they, so they start this conversation, and I want to drop down because I think it goes into what we're saying in verse Hang 11. On, Hang on, before you read that, let's take our last break. So tis the holiday season. Uh, we know you're always looking for some kind of unique gift to, to give to somebody. Unashamed Nation, you guys have been such great supporters of the podcast. And I do want to remind you uh, that you can get Unashamed gear and uh, and Phil merch if you go to philmerch.com and use the promo code Phil20. And there you'll find uncanceled stuff. You'll find Love Always Protects, which is one of our favorite T-shirts. has a good a picture of a, of a gun on there as well as the Bible verse because we protect our folks. Uh, also, Unashamed Nation stuff is there as well. So check it out. If you're looking for a great gift to give uh, someone you love, uh, get some Unashamed gear at philmerch.com. Use the promo code Phil20. So if you go to verse 11 of chapter 14, it says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me, and I love this phrase, will do what I have been doing. Right. He will do even greater things than these because, and here's to the ascension, mm-hmm. because I'm going to the Father. Right. So he was preparing the place, but he didn't. We kind of just leave it there in our minds. But he's like, because I'm going there, you're going to be able to do greater things than what I did. Right. Well, it's hard to get get that wrapped around your head unless you realize what went down there. His position at the right hand of God and the pouring out of the spirit, because then he goes into the pouring out of the spirit. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father, which has given us this access you know, to him. So then he goes on to, in verse 16, he says, I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor, which is 10 days later. Mm-hmm. What would happen is the Holy spirit would, would be poured out and look, he's going to be with you forever because he's on the throne. Exactly. So the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but, but you, you know, him. know him. Why yeah. do you know him? Because you know me. Yep, and for he lives with you and will be in you. Yeah. And he's like, I won't leave you as orphans. Yeah. I I will come to you. This unlocks his, he's not bound by time and space. It really exactly. strengthens one's faith. Yeah. It's like when you go back and read these subtle things of like, you're going to be like me. You're going to do the same things I am. You're going to do greater things. Because now this was before he was resurrected. This was before the Holy Spirit had been given. So he was setting these seeds the, on what uh, the chain of events that were going to happen, but yeah. even when it did happen, they were still having trouble. Yeah, thinking and, now. And so here, here's the here's the point that I want to make about Scripture. You're talking about every time Jesus had an encounter or after his resurrection. What's the first thing that he did? He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Yeah, he took them to the gospel. 
And so the New Testament didn't exist at the time. Guess, guess what the gospel was? That's right. Right. The proto-evangelium. The, here's, you know, all of the, starting with Moses and the, all the prophets and, and, you know, the Psalms. On road to Emmaus, every scripture, every shadow, every idiom, every scripture that pertained about Jesus, he, in a seven-mile stretch of road, he laid out. You talk about a sermon. My goodness. Oh. Uh, now that's at Luke 24, right? Sermon, the se- the seven-mile sermon. Oh, yeah. I want to read this because Larry, Larry's quoting this Luke 24 without saying he's quoting Luke 24. But after he ate the fish, when he got to 44 of Luke 24, he said to him, This is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Son, which is very important because Jesus yeah. is the fulfillment. Of all of this from Genesis to Malachi. Yesterday in my and, class, and look, I was he, tying together the, the God's love as being centerpiece right. when this is through yeah. the gospel. I, I, you know, all those things that you are fixing to go Everything, over. He is a fulfillment of oh. all that. All right. So then he says in 45, yeah. then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. That's it. Which is a, I think we needed to highlight this because yeah. look. No matter what you believe or what religious uh, affiliation you are, basically studying the Bible comes down to two things. People either read it for themselves or they read it understanding that this is about Jesus. Right. Because how you how you implement that really is going to dictate how you live your life. If you want to be oppressed and crushed and you can say, I'm going to read this and try to better myself or somehow, you know, go through some kind of ritual to attain, mm. you know, moral Love perfection, you're going to be crushed. Yeah. If you find Jesus as the fulfillment, you're going to realize, oh, wait a minute. He did all this for me, yeah. and I can rely on his power, not my own. He's the answer to this whole thing, and ultimately, I'm going to be used, despite my mistakes and my flaws, by the power of God to influence other people to live forever. I mean, it's, yep. it's incredible. It really I, is. I think this section here, and to I want to at least get this out. So then okay. he goes on to say, and you'll, you're my witnesses of these things, 48. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, which is what we just talked about, the Holy Spirit 10 days later being made available. But stay in, t- in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And so then you see something that Acts 1 didn't say, but I really think this is moving Mm -hmm. because you see uh, a response of worship here in in, uh, 50. 50. Yeah. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. You referenced that earlier. Mm -hmm. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So there's our ascension again. Then they worshiped him mm. and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Yeah. And they stayed continually at the temple. Yeah, that God. word worship is, that's not used lightly right there. And I mean, that's a, it's a utter response of just, they have, they have seen, uh, <laughs> they've seen God in the flesh yeah. uh, ascend to the throne of glory. Well, and they've seen him resurrected. And yeah. even though they're responding, and, and look, I think there's something to be said about Jesus being patient oh, with uh, the process yeah. of them not getting it at yeah. one time. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, because you turn around that and you realize we have the Holy Spirit, we have the purpose, and we are becoming Jesus through his spirit and through him at the right hand today. Right. We have to have that same 
patience with with other brothers and sisters yeah. uh in it's hard to kind of get this yeah. in your head sometimes you know you know it, and that's the thing when you're talking about if it's picturing in your mind that moment when Jesus has got his hands lifted he's blessing them and he is taken up and he's looking down and do you think in in any way that he would get about halfway up and go yeah those guys are they're not ready Maybe I should just like come back down and, and teach him some more. But he knows. I mean, that's just what he says in John 16. He says, I have so much more to teach you, more than you can now bear. And I'm not through teaching you. I'm going to keep teaching you. I'm still yeah. this, this, this uh, pathetic ministry of Jesus. And I mentioned this. Um, this place in scripture, it's Matthew 11, verse 11, where Jesus says, among those born of women, that's a pretty big group, <laughs> there's no greater prophet than, than John the Baptist. And then he says, yet, whoever's the least in the kingdom of God yeah. is going to be a oh, greater prophet than John the Baptist. It's a great point. Wow. Because cause you, don't, you don't even understand what that means unless you understand that, oh, he did this so that the kingdom would come. He would be exalted. Now you have, you, you have a king on the throne. You have a Holy Spirit driving you. Yeah. I mean, th this is, that's why he makes such a statement. Yeah. I want to read one other thing that I think goes in with that. When Paul told Timothy, everything we've said about the ascension, I think is summed up right here because he says here this is uh, 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, and this kind of goes to this point, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience mm. as an example for those who would believe on him and look. And receive eternal life. And you don't think Paul didn't get it? Watch his next phrase. Now to the king eternal, mm. immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. That's right. said. Yep. And the point I made yesterday, and we've got the symbols right here, you know, and, and because we're, we're always talking about the, you know, the incarnation or the cross or the resurrection uh, and, and Jesus' return. But we that up arrow, you know, we it's there. We know it's there in Scripture, yeah. but we totally miss the implication yep. of it, and we treat it like a, like an old piece of furniture. We keep it in the attic. We don't really know what to do with it, but you know. So forty days after <laughs> forty days after Easter, we ought to at least. I'm telling have a you, moment. I mean, yeah, especially we, in the direction it's headed. <laughs> yeah, but what what the point I made is that what that does it is the detonator that unlocks the power of the incarnation oh, yeah. of his death, burial and resurrection and explodes that gospel bomb, if you will, universally and makes it available to anybody in any time across all time and space. And it is the thing that, that, that unlocks the power uh, well to said. the gospel. So well that's, uh, that was a, a perfect segue because yeah. we're out of time. Okay. But that's a perfect it's a perfect segue to overtime because I had actually made a note that I wanted you to talk about that Greek word for power, dynamis, yeah. uh -huh. and and exactly what that does. And I also want to touch on the transfiguration because we yeah. we studied that in Mark. But I want to get your take on that because you mentioned that in a unique way from Luke yeah. nine. So Luke nine we'll is, talk about uh, yeah. 
I want to talk about both those in the overtime. So uh, okay. thank you again, Larry, for being with us today. Absolutely. It's always a great blessing having Larry on. If you want to check out what he's doing, it's acrocenter.org or at onekingdom.org and see his work. It's tremendous. So thank you, Larry, for all you do. Uh, hopefully, if you guys want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, you can sign up, get a subscription, and get our overtime segments as well. So we'll see you in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.